Hey everyone, on this episode of Witch Police Radio, I'm talking to two members of Sebastian Owl. The band has been around for eight years and released six records, but at the beginning of November, they're calling it quits. They're holding their last ever show and their last ever CD release for a new record that's called The Ties That Bind. We talked about that album, their long history, and a lot more. As you may have noticed lately, I'm recording these episodes and releasing them a lot more quickly than I had before. At one point, I had such a huge backlog of episodes that I had to switch to releasing two a week just to keep up. I'm still aiming for two episodes a week, but I've gone through most of that massive backlog. So in general, you're going to hear episodes a lot sooner from the time I record them to the time they get released. Thank you to everyone who supports my dad's show. If you'd like to support Witch Police Radio, go to patreon.com slash witchpolice today. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. Radio. I am uh, here at a house again. Uh, it's not always a given that I'm going to be at a house because of the nature of the show. It could be the back of someone's van or like a rooftop or alleyway. House is nice. <laughs> it's always nice to be back in house. And um, I'm with two people who have not been on the show before, and they have a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of things going on with their band in kind of a final sort of way. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves first, we can sort of get going from there. Go from there. Yeah. All right. I'm Blair Atkinson. I am. Uh, the songwriter and singer of Sebastian L. And I'm Ian Russell. I play bass and do backup vocals for Sebastian L. Cool. And who are we missing? We're missing uh, Logan McKillop, who's all over Canada. So right. We never right. really know where he is. And then Colton McKillop, and we're missing Glenn Radley. Okay. Okay. And is that the? Uh, how long has that been in the lineup? Is this uh, that lineup? Maybe two. Two years. Or well, maybe so? maybe just to rewind from that. I mean, how long has Sebastian Owl been a thing? I think I first heard the name maybe two or three years ago. Okay. And I don't I don't really have much background for how long you guys have been together and what's sort of been there. Ian and I started uh, I think 2010 in Brandon yeah. Brandon Manitoba. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think about eight years ago we started. Okay. And we were in Brandon for about four years, and now we've been. In Winnipeg for about the same amount. Of that might explain why I hadn't heard yeah. <laughs> until, yeah. until the Winnipeg thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Brandon was a very uh, sequestered town musically, but yeah. when we came up, it was actually quite an amazing music scene. There was oh, cool. like okay. five original bands, and we we were all friends. We all supported each other, and it was just a great time to come up and start something. Well, that's something that's kind of uh, come up a few times on this show recently, actually, is that I think that for all of Winnipeg's music scene being so tight-knit and everyone's sort of really embedded in it, I think one of the failings uh, of the Winnipeg music scene is most people don't pay attention to what's going on outside the city. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Brandon obviously is the second biggest city in, in the province, but, I mean, I don't think a lot of people from here had any clue what's happening in Brandon. No. And, and like, so what, what, is the, what was the Brandon music scene like for you? I mean, just to get, like, a picture of what kind of... Uh, it was happening there? It was insanity, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, there was five bands. That, um, there was The Basement Revival, there was Neon Blunt, there was Take With Audio, Affecting Cause, 
and then us, the little guys, okay. who were coming up. So we kind of came up more folk-oriented, and the other groups were kind of all over the map with ska and, like, rock and kind of blues rock stuff. And, yeah, it was just a tight-knit group of like-minded people who were just... They were all incredibly talented and incredibly accommodating, and there was the main band, the biggest band was Take With Audio, and they had this loft space that they lived in that we all kind of partied in, which was a block away from the Double Decker, which was the right. main band, or the main bar that we all played right. in. And it was just, yeah, a great time. We, we were so young and naive, and we like didn't know what we didn't know, and it was just <laughs> a great time to kind of stretch your creative muscles and sure. fail. Well, my, my, I mean, I've been to Brandon a number of times. I like Brandon. It's a nice city. But um, my only experience with the music scene there is I, I played a show there in, I want to say 2008 or something. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like everyone was super into metal. I don't know if that was just at the time. <laughs> but, I mean, there was a bunch of local bands and they were all metal. And all the kids were super, super into metal. Like, there was the point where people were barfing on the merch table. It was like drunk. You know, it was yeah. just where, where, did you, where did you play? Community Center. Um, oh, oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. that's the thing, too. Like, Brandon was so small, yeah. but they had their little groups right. that you wouldn't, if you weren't in that metal scene, you probably wouldn't have associated with them, even how small Brandon yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was making, oh, sorry. We had our scene, and then there were all these other scenes. Like, there was definitely a metal scene in Brandon, but we didn't really right. even hang out with them. or We were too fragile. Yeah. <laughs> but when did you um so when did you come from Brandon to Winnipeg? It was four years ago. What was the circumstance for both of you to come here? Well our uh we we started in Brandon with uh Trevor Crook on drums and Dave Comrie on guitar. Okay. And Trevor was in Take With Audio, the kind of bigger the band. Big yeah, yeah. And so they all made the trek to Toronto. Okay. And so we were Son's drummer. And a lot of the bands during that time kind of, they were the bomb that dropped. Once they left, all the other bands kind of dissipated and some of them moved to Toronto. Some of them started, you know, a law degree. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we kind of figured, well, we should move on to bigger and better things. And so we kind of, uh, actually it was at a party in Brandon that we met Ian Clements, who would then become our drummer. Okay. And he already lived in Winnipeg, which was convenient. And he's our, been on the show before too. Actually. Oh, right on! Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. He's uh, he's good. He's a good guy. And uh, Micah Ehrenberg is like he was a good buddy of mine going way back. And so it was kind of. Well, he's a Matlock, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like he was our Winnipeg connection. Okay. He was like we opened for Little House, his band at the time. That was our first Winnipeg gig. Okay. And we just thought it was close, and we'd be not too far from family, so we just decided to make the trek to Winnipeg. Yeah. I would say those are good examples of how Winnipeg and Brandon aren't completely removed from one another. Sure, yeah. Because, yeah. like, we did have friends out in Winnipeg, and, like, we would play the Folk Fest, and there'd be all these people from Winnipeg, and we'd hang oh, the out. Brandon Folk Fest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Brandon yeah, Folk the Fest Brandon was a yeah, good... Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I know people who go there every year from Winnipeg. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not so far that it's... Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a small enough festival that if even if you're a middling act, you could have a good set there and... Sure. Yeah, we... Headline there a couple of years. Oh, nice. Brandon Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. That is cool, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just like to jump completely forward now, this is the this, the CD that's coming out is the final CD and it's coming out of the final show. Yes. So, after all the, you know, eight years of this being a band in different cities and everything, why is it ending? What's what's happening to kind of put this to a, a close? Well, as I said, Logan is all over Canada because right. he's, you know, he's 
kind of a hired gun guitar player on a lot of other yeah I've, I've projects. See, I don't know him but I, I definitely see him pop up on social media like in people's bands and stuff right? yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah and he's, he's got his own thing right yeah, and he's yeah. been a solo act actually he last his first album he released probably four years ago three okay. years ago and he's finally now working on his sophomore album and so his kind of motivation is to focus on uh, that yeah and so you know we finally attaining a, a talent like Logan and him being like my best friend for him to like move on which I'm totally in support of but for that to to lose that it's uh it's kind of hard to try to go back to the drawing board sure and you can't just put in a replacement member to, to fill the and we've, re- we've replaced guitar players over the years yeah. and drummers over the years but it just felt like these past two and a half years was where it was the most creatively fulfilling okay. and solid and you know we had a good run of six albums and there's actually an amalgam uh, an amalgamation of reasons or an amalgam of reasons whatever it is and they're all positive like it's right. it's not like there's any animus or any ending with any uh chips on our shoulder right. and in many ways we knew going in that this would be our last album which made us focus on it all the more so mm-hmm. it, it's it's bittersweet but mostly sweet okay Oh, that was actually going to be my next question, is did you know when you were making this that it was the end? So, yeah. I guess, what was the reason behind, I mean, if you knew it was coming out at any end anyway, what made you want to record one last thing? Did you just have songs that needed to get down? Yes. We were, <laughs> we were <laughs> planning on recording the album, and then Logan dropped the news that, like, he was not planning on, you know, sticking around for sure. the group. So, we we're like, let's just do one last hurrah. We have the songs, but we were... The uh, third or the fourth and fifth album we did uh, with Lloyd Peterson and okay. a guy named uh, Dale Penner, which were we kind of went beyond our our uh, our first three albums were in a garage studio in Brandon, okay, and so we kind of went beyond that uh, our our safety net, our financial safety net as well to kind of expand our sound and work with different people, and then for this last album we decided well let's keep it tighten it let's keep it with friends and so we recorded half a block away at our friend liam duncan's house okay and so he did that for cheap and it was just a great experience i think yeah you think it's like a fitting send-off to the band like does it yeah does it wrap everything up nicely yeah i mean the songs you have on this album i mean you go through like almost like your whole life and within each song, uh, you can reflect upon the time in the band and all that. Okay. Like, for me personally, I listen to some of these songs and it just, you know, makes me tear up with, with the memories I've shared with these guys. Oh, cool. So. And I guess on that note, this, we usually try to have a concept for every album. And the concept has been following the character of S- Sebastian L. But our last album was kind of the last uh, story of Sebastian L. And this mm-hmm. concept is truly, like my how i got to this point so okay. it starts mm-hmm. off with like being born in saskatoon and then thoughts about you know uh, uh elementary school and adolescence and then it goes into losing virginity then it goes in like it kind of runs the gamut of my life through song okay so very autobiographical yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so we call it the ties that bind to kind of reflect every everything that we've amassed and everyone we've met and how okay. they've impacted
Has it sparked any kind of like, oh shit, I wish we weren't <laughs> ending it? Like, I mean, you know, you're obviously preparing for the show. You've been doing all the work, getting the album together, getting getting pressed, getting the artwork and all that. Uh, has there any, been any point where you're thinking like, I really like these songs, I want to keep going? Or, or are, you, are you pretty much like, you know, the whole time you're, it's in your head that this is a closure kind of thing? In many ways, like, usually when we're done an album and they arrive manufactured yeah. in the boxes and we hold them, in our hands. To me, at that moment, it's already old news, and I'm sure. on to the next one. Sure. And we might have two or three songs ready for the next album. And this time, we have nothing. 
But in the weirdest way, it is it is a good closure because personally, and I'm only speaking for myself here. The past couple years, I found um, that the the kind of hoops you have to jump through in the music industry to make it. Yeah, uh, my, I didn't have the, like the personal fortitude for. Like we did our little tours, and after a while, I realized that's not where my passion really was in sure. touring. And then, you know, the live shows just became kind of a necessary evil to make money to then pay for the albums. Where my true passion was was in creating the albums and so to like kind of finish off and to be perfectly frank as well uh the past two years i'm in love so this the songwriting kind of slows down <laughs> sure sure you need to be miserable <laughs> yeah yeah it, well, it helps right <laughs> i have a saying where it's like songwriters are miserable when they're happy and they're happy when they're miserable and so there, I don't have any songs for right. the next album, so it's kind of fitting. Maybe maybe after the dust settles, I'll start writing again, but not right now. Sure. And, and it's kind of a nice feeling. Sure. What about you? Well, I'd, I'd say it's definitely bittersweet. Um, there's some songs here where I'm like, oh, man, I wish we could go on tour and play these yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But, I mean, for me, like, I just graduated from university, and I feel like I'm in the same boat as everybody else where it's like there's other stuff. Yeah, there's you know, the real life to, stuff that comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, I know for all of us, music is a huge passion. And every single one of us in the band, um, like drummer, guitarist, bassist, keyboard player, we all are songwriters ourselves. And right. we have our own projects that we might want to uh, delve into as okay. well. And now you have the time to, I guess, right, with this band being over yet. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And that's the awesome thing about having a band that you shared such a close bond with is that when you release stuff, you know there's going to be at least a few other people who are like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess or that you can call up if you need you know, a guitar. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. that too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Actually, I was just in Toronto with my girlfriend. Uh, we went to Toronto and Montreal, and Logan was in Toronto recording, uh, re-recording some parts for his new album. Oh, yeah. And they, the piano parts that I played for him on his album, they were listening back and they're like, oh, that's a bit out of tune. And the guy's like, well, I know some people in Toronto we could call up. And he's like, well, actually, the guy <laughs> that right did this right in Toronto today. So it's kind of cool. And yeah, I, I know that. And that's a good feeling, too. And like, we're still all friends. We're still good yeah. friends. And um, I know even if nothing becomes of it, we'll still get together and jam once in a while and it'll be yeah. bring back them old feelings yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry to sounding like we're old no no but that's remember like, yeah. when <laughs> but you do have six albums I mean that's like a, even yeah. in eight years that's a lot of that's a pretty significant amount of output like a lot of bands will do like two albums in that time you know like, so. and that's what I found especially back in the Brandon days when I was young and, and kind of a sponge and soaking it all in yeah. about what to do because Brandon's small enough that most bands can play because i hear like a lot of towns are hard to get into or cities especially but yeah. brandon you'd see bands from all over canada and i remember back in the day i'd go to everything i lived like in an apartment a block away from the decker yeah and i'd go to everything and i remember seeing some band that i thought was pretty good and they're like oh we're from calgary we're doing our you know first cross country cross canada tour promoting our ep yeah and i'm like that's i guess what you got to do and then you'd see them a year later and they're like we're promoting our ep <laughs> yeah, yeah and i'm like well why and, and so essentially we our first album we started out with the idea of making it an ep six six tracks doing a tour but then 
by the time it took a while to get the album made and by the time we we're nearing the end we're like well we got seven more songs let's just throw it on because in my mind an album's better than an ep to right. tour with right and then by that time it's like well we have enough songs for a second album so just go so yeah, two yeah, albums yeah. is better than one album and so it just it it became clear early on that my passion was in the recording studio yeah and so it basically became that that uh dragon that I was always trying to catch and that drug I was always trying to fix where it's like just back in the studio yeah even if nobody's really wanting an album let's make another one I kind of like that that attitude towards it though because I think a lot of people I mean just the like we got songs let's go do it because yeah. a lot of people will agonize over like two songs they've been working on forever for three years <laughs> right and I, I, I when I was in bands I always was the same way I mean like it's like we have Five songs, go record it, mm -hmm. and then the done. Next ones, it's it's, it's kind of. Uh, I think it's like people. Most people who play music are either one way or the other. There's mm. not a lot of middle ground. It's either yeah. we're gonna just like labor over these songs, or we're just gonna barf them up yeah. <laughs> and go to the next thing. Right? Well, I think there's merit to both. There, oh, totally. Because yeah. I, I I definitely have those perfectionist friends who. Yes, yeah, so right. even within the band, we've had that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were people who were like, "No, we need to work on this more." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the way I see it is like these are. The songs are time capsules, so sure, like yeah. if they have you know the pimples and warts on them from when you just recorded them, you'll look back later like you look fondly on a yearbook yeah. and just like, and and you're always growing. So I like to see you know where I was album to album, and if we waited on, like if we sat on an album looking for a label that never ended up happening, yeah. and then it's two years later and we don't like playing these songs anymore. I didn't want to get stuck in that rut because I, I have seen and still do see bands that I love and I've been watching for 10 years oh, yeah, yeah. and they're playing the same set list. Yeah. yeah. And for, for that exact reason that they yeah. haven't, yeah, they've released one album in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, that would just be a different kind of Dante's Inferno. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, Arch is never perfect. No. Like, you no. could work on a painting for 30 years or writing a book for 30 yeah. years, but really what's important is spreading. I don't know. Well, I think just, yeah, because creativity begets creativity. Yeah. So the more you write, and that's what yeah. I found especially like, and that's a thing too, why it's kind of a perfect end to it is because the group that we have acquired now is so goddamn talented. And because they are uh, songwriters in their own right, their input is just insane. So I found myself writing better because I knew whatever I threw at them, they'd throw it back ten times better. Sure. So the songwriting just kept getting better and better and better. And mm -hmm. so I feel like in many ways this is our coup d'etat. I don't even know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> our like... Your piece de resistance. The like, piece of resistance. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know if we the could... French and their Latin. <laughs> <laughs> we're running the gamut. Yeah. I don't know if we could go beyond it. It's sure, one of those sure. things where I don't want to, even if, like, I don't know, I think it was kind of, the writing was in the sand, because even if we did make another one, I don't know if it would have the same energy, who's to say it would, who's to say it wouldn't, but it just feels right. Yeah. I love the amount of metaphors that are happening here. This is a big list of them just happened there, yeah.
Well, something you said earlier, though, uh, just a few minutes ago about um, being in brand and, and, and going to see pretty much everyone who's coming through. I think that's a lot of people in smaller communities. And Winnipeg, I included in this because compared to Toronto or, or Vancouver or, or you know even Calgary sometimes, the amount of shows we get are kind of kind of dismal. But I think the benefit to that, especially even in an even smaller community, is that you will hear stuff that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise thought of because. Oh, there's a show tonight. I guess I'm going to check it out. Who is this band? They're from they're from Calgary. They're touring. Maybe they're great. And then maybe they turn out to be amazing. And maybe and you've absorbed that rather than just I'm only going to the shows of the bands I hear on the radio. And then you miss that whole other kind of like underground current of bands coming through. Well, especially in Brandon, yeah. you're not hearing anyone you heard on the radio. Right. right exactly. <laughs> so you have to go out and see, and it'd be some smaller band, which yeah. maybe is going to give you a different different uh, kind of uh, idea of what, what touring is or what bands are supposed to sound like. Yeah, you, yeah. and you learn a lot of what not to do. As sure, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you create your own path. And I think in many ways what we've done is a lesson to others in what not to do. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all a crapshoot. No one really knows. So, so long as you do what you think is right or what you're comfortable with. Yeah. And like, like I said, like I found... Pretty early on, I'm not much of a schmoozer, so I'm not good at, uh, you know, workshop junkets or meeting industry type. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not good on the road for those reasons. But I'm comfortable with the fact that I'm just putting out albums. If nobody hears them, that's fine. They're still there, right? And they're still mine. And, like, I I am making the albums that I want to hear. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, I still love listening to my albums. If that's, that's good, yeah. If yeah, that's yeah. vain. It's like George Lucas said he wanted to make Star Wars so that everyone would just copy it and he could watch the copies. Yeah, because yeah, he wanted to see movies like <laughs> yeah, his idea. Yeah, exactly. For sure, for sure, yeah. Well, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think that's vain. I think it's like uh, you should like what you do, right? It shouldn't just be... I mean, I know we were talking earlier about you know recording and get it out there, but you should still want to listen back to it because the songs have the character... Uh, they have character from, from that time or from the way they're recorded. And you, yeah, you, like you're saying, you know... You're hearing them, and it brings back all the memories of, of all the where you were at the time. So that's, that's mm-hmm. cool. So in in many ways, that's esoteric of us to just like love it for that reason. But yeah, I think uh, sonically we have grown exponentially, especially from our Brandon days, where it yeah. was you know warts and all a wannabe folk band, but really kind of had this other side that was a little more seventies pop oriented. But yeah. and then you just it just kept adding over the years. Once we for our third album, got an electric guitar. There was no go going back from there, so it just kept yeah. adding and becoming yeah. something different. And yeah, you know, we used to play like mandolin, kazoo, and right. stuff like that. But lately, it's been more rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> we can still play rock and roll, kazoo. Yeah, <laughs> it's still a thing. So at this point, though, I mean, now that you you know have you have all those albums and you have all these years of being a band and and trying whatever you've tried to kind of you know finesse uh, get the sound you want. Um, who is the audience for this? I mean, you know, you have your last show, you have your last album out. Do you have an existing base of fans who have been listening to you for years? or like They've primarily given birth to us. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, and that's, that's, the, that's the interesting thing is uh, because my sensibilities, like, this might be an embarrassing admission, but, like, I fucking... Can I swear on this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I went dainty there for a second. Um, but I love Billy Joel. Okay. I love the band America. Okay. I love 70s pop. Right. Piano pop type stuff. With guitars, like Almond Brothers, like yeah, guitar yeah. minis and stuff. And a lot of people who like that have blue hair. So that's... Fair enough. <laughs> that's Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of our audience is kind of the older generation, yeah. we find. Blue hair could have gone either way, young or old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Took me a second. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
it's it's interesting. I think, and this might be um, tooting my own horn, but it's not so much the the mass public that is interested. I find it's people who are musicians. Yeah. Kind of dig what we're doing, and older people. Okay. That's what I find. I don't know what you find. I, I think it's mostly older people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are younger people who dig it too. But I don't know. I, I think a lot of younger people are into different kinds of music than, okay. you know, okay. good old rock and roll these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it's funny because, like, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for almost six years now. And I, obviously I played in bands and stuff before then. So I've seen a lot of kind of, uh, I guess, trends within the local music scene come and go. Obviously there's so many different genres that all these trends are happening on top of each other. But mm. it does seem like now, and this doesn't necessarily apply to you guys, but... I've noticed a lot of more straight-ahead rock and roll bands kind of emerging from Winnipeg and not being ashamed of being straight-ahead rock and roll mm-hmm. bands. Because, yeah. like, you know, when I was in, in punk bands and stuff like, in the late 90s and everything, the idea of wanting to be a radio rock band was, like, people were disgusted. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can, this is not acceptable. You can't do this. And <laughs> look at all the hate that Nickelback had. Well, right, exactly. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't call myself a fan of their music in any way, but yeah. they take so much shit, right? Yeah. And it almost seems like that kind of thing, which, again, doesn't describe you guys, but... It's almost more okay now. Like bands are, are independent bands are starting to play that kind of yeah. rock style, and it's like it's not shunned. <laughs> yeah, it's the cycle, fast. Yeah, for come, sure, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're rock and roll with the, the young people. I mean, it just, you know, people in their twenties, like it's it's starting to become okay again. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even know if we're we're like rock and roll. Well, I know, yeah, I know. That's why I was kind of had yeah. a disclaimer on yeah. that. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily fit you guys, but yeah. Like I I, I and it. It's probably even less of a credit to us, but I think we have more of a pop sensibility okay. in the like yeah. the '70s mentality. And uh, to be honest, our, my main focus is lyrics. Sure. So, yeah, it's it's kind of more not necessarily radio rock, but I try to have something that is pleasing to the ear, but something that it could be intellectually digestible if you if you read the mm-hmm. words right if you yeah. actually take the time to to fully kind of experience yeah. It, yeah. yeah it's difficult to really pigeonhole us into a genre i'd say like i say rock because the mckillop brothers are all about the know, guitar, the guitar. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so and then i guess folk doesn't necessarily up. apply it yeah. the same way it used to right like yeah but we we like harmonies and stuff yeah, like that very much three-part and, harmony oriented yeah. i mean on this album like there's so many different styles of song like we have a jazzy song we have a kind few of rock and roll songs. Song. We have one that's a little almost metal. Okay. I mean, metalheads would probably say, "No, that's not metal." Yeah. Right, but, but, but to metal me, for you, it's yeah, pretty yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to our mothers, it's very yeah, metal. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sun is something special. It don't happen every day. Most of the time we got a gray shroud hovering over rain cloud chasing us away. But I got luckies in the cooler. I called it Paul Man Champagne. Jackie got the firewood and Micah's got a real good song he wants to play.
Till the next sunshine Once this is done, I mean, you've kind of been gearing up to this for a while now, obviously, with recording this and knowing it was the last one and then getting the show together and everything. Um, what happens then? Like, after you get off stage from that last show, then what? I mean, do you all expect that you're going to be kind of launching into your own projects after this, or is it sort of going to be like a, a moratorium <laughs> playing music for a bit <laughs> just to, like, kind of, you know, uh, get over the loss of the band, I guess? Is that, is that a thing, or is it just everyone sort of goes a separate um, ways and... Well, I know that Glenn, like, our drummer, he yeah. plays in a lot of different bands. So he he's already got fan. He has right. a degree in music, so he's, like, professional musician right. doing that. And then Logan is the same thing, um, just touring and playing in all these sure. different bands. Sure. Um, but Colton and I, like... Students. Col- yeah, we're students. I, I just graduated, so I'm, like, going to probably be focusing on that. Right. And, in that kind of post-school limbo sort of thing? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll still find time to, like, pick up a guitar and strum away on it. But yeah. I, need, I need to fix my Pro Tools yeah. at some point, <laughs> That's actually. A while. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to record more, but it, right now it's not the main focus. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and myself included, it's one of those things, I'll wait till the dust settles, but I'm in no rush to, like, sit there. Because I know the, the second that I do find myself writing a song that I like and have yeah i'll just want to get back in a studio and that costs money (laughs) yeah for sure yeah yeah so we'll see i'm yeah i i don't i don't want to say anything that i'll two years from now regret and be like you idiot of course you're gonna get back in (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, i i feel like it's something where you keep coming back to it over and over for sure yeah yeah Yeah. i mean especially if you've with a band like this where you've been doing it for so long, it, it, it seems like it would be difficult to just 
complete full stop. Yeah. Never touched an instrument again. Like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. like I've been asked like, "Oh, you're going to start a solo project, or you're going to start a new group?" But like, like I said, the the things that I found, the hoops that you have to jump through, weren't my thing. Yeah. And you know, being you know, looking back at being you know a 19, 20 year old, being like, "Oh, touring is going to be so much fun," and this. And then being, you know, 28 now and being like, oh, well, I just like staying at home and, (laughs) you know, I don't have kids, but I might as well have. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the idea of starting something new, knowing what I know now, just is, the, the thought isn't there, but, but my main passion with music now is recording or just sitting around with friends and song swapping sure well i think that's the thing like for us it's always just been a group of really good friends playing music together Mm -hmm. and that presumably will still happen whether the band exists or not right yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. so we'll still have our friendship and our sharing of music so sure i I feel like we'll do okay okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) what are the details about the show so it's at times changed which i'm very happy about um we play times you know here and there we haven't been playing much in the past few years but um, our past two, um, our past two album releases were at the Weck. Okay. And it's a beautiful room. It is, yeah. But if you have a hundred <laughs> people there, it looks like you have two people there. Yes. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the Times has always been that place to me ever since I moved to Winnipeg. That is just my go-to. That's the one bar I know I can go to by myself. Sure. Comfortably. And I'll know the people serving, they'll know which drinks I want, and I know I'll see good music. So it's just to like have our last show at probably my favorite bar in the world. It's Yeah, it's, that helps, right? It's it, a good yeah, feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess yeah, uh, opening on the Friday is Mike Ehrenberg Band. Yes. So that's that'll be fun because actually he was our first show in yeah, Winnipeg. Yeah, so yeah. To be our last bookend, yeah, yeah, bookend yeah. exactly. And then Liam Duncan has a project that he's working on. He was the one who engineered our album. Okay. So he'll be closing out the Saturday. Cool. And that's November second and third. Right. There you go. <laughs> right. Okay. So I mean, um, are you uh, and the CD is coming out at those shows? At the yeah. shows. Okay. We'll. I'll probably have them at Music Trader and all those types of places, but. I might not, so you might have to come you to the show. You might have to come to the show, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of leads to another question, though. If people, you know, they may be hearing this months later or something, or okay. a year later, like... Too be, bad, you missed it! <laughs> will they be able to get these? Are, are, are there, is it just a limited release, or do you have a, a whole bunch of them that are going to hopefully be... We have boxes and boxes, okay. and actually, yeah, yeah. actually they uh, made a mistake on the CDs, so they had to resend more, so oh, wow. we have... More than we well, need. Yeah. So, so hopefully, please buy them all. Yeah, please yeah, yeah. buy yeah, them. Yeah. So hopefully, and we will have digital copies on our Bandcamp yeah. sites cool. and whatnot. Okay. Okay. And then as far as the the, the five other albums, um, are those still in print or available? Or some of them... We still have the boxes in there. <laughs> yeah, and they're on Bandcamp as well. Okay, yeah. okay. so people can still get them. You know, because usually like when, when we kind of are talking about this stuff with, with the band, it's always like, oh yeah, you can buy them at our shows. Yeah. We're on tour, buy them at every show. But you guys, I mean, this is the end, right? So Yeah, okay. no, that's the thing. And that's another avenue that uh, musicians smarter than us have gone down, which is dis- distribution and things like that. That all that stuff is so beyond yeah. even my comprehension that yeah. we'll just sell them out. We might have uh, yard sales every now and, <laughs> nice, and then. Nice. I've actually thought I had this idea, and it almost happened a couple of years ago, and then it just fell through. But I wanted to have like a, a Winnipeg band swap meet. 
where we like got a venue and just everyone who had old merch that'd be amazing set up a table paid five bucks or whatever set up a table <coughs> and just so you can go there and there's 20 bands or more or whatever and they're all selling their old shit for cheap yeah because oh, yeah. like I, no, I'd buy it I was actually thinking that like at the Forks a while back my girlfriend and I were there and they had a, a, a storefront that they were building and I'm like you know it'd be great if they put in just local music yeah Manitoban music yeah. and just sold it there because yeah. yeah, there definitely are the venue or the stores that do sell local stuff, but I don't know if it's just us, but they don't tend to sell much there. Right, and I I guess you just need to be in circulation and radio, and if there was a formula to follow, everyone would be doing it. So I don't know how um, how, how we can move more. Well, that, that's the hardest thing, I think, is because the, the internet has kind of equalized everything, Ooh. where any band can just get their name out, you know, for free without having any kind of marketing background or, or agents or managers or any of that shit. They can just hear songs, listen to them. <laughs> but then you need that other part to sort of get people to actually hear it. Like, it's there, yeah, that's which the is great, but, and not everyone has that skill set. Mm, I mean, yeah. there's, and it sounds like you have this exact problem, right? There's just people who are really, really passionate about the music they do. They make great music, and it should be heard, but they... They're the creative people. They're not the the, the salespeople. I'm right? not the brain. Yeah. I'm sure we can all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's like it's a weird thing. Though. We have to do that. You have to at least have some part of the, your your job as a musician is to is to market yourself. And it's weird yeah. because yeah. there's supposed to be someone who does it for you. Right? Well, exactly. <laughs> and, the, and the people that, the friends of mine that do have that capability, it just boggles my mind. Like, you know, uh, Madeline Rogers, a good yeah. example. She is just the hardest working and so smart and knows exactly what to do. Well, and seeing her, her album that just came out, the amount of promo and stuff she was doing for it everywhere. Yeah. I, 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 I met her once and like I follow her on one form of social media and I saw tons of it. Like, yeah. It was just this bombardment. Very of, like, I, knew, I knew that album was coming out. Like, Very yeah. smart girl. Yeah. And, and like uh, Liam Duncan who did our thing with the Middle Coast and now with his stuff, he's the, he, I think, what, he's 23, 24, but he might as well be 40 because he's yeah. just so smart yeah. and so just on top of it and willing to wake up at eight in the morning to send a hundred emails yeah. that you might only get one response back to. For sure. He yeah. has that. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost, it's almost an age thing though. I think because people, I mean, like you said, you're 28, right? Mm. Like people maybe five years younger than you have had that much more time growing up with this being the format, right? Yeah. Like, I'm 36. So, I mean, when I was in bands, this is not that long ago, we were hand dubbing tapes and photocopying the covers and putting them together. Like, yeah. And, <laughs> You know, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with it. I'm not. A, I didn't have a Bandcamp page until like ten years after the band broke up. <laughs> you know? like, it's just like here's a tape. We have ten of them. If you buy one, cool. <laughs> I know. know? And like we're so reliant now on Facebook events. Like yeah, that's, yeah. I don't know how else we do it. Like yeah. posters. Yeah. Is that how you yeah. did it? Did you have a yeah, guy you, with you, a you, bell down the down porch? <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. It's just completely changed. And like, there's people who are just born into kind of this is how things work and they have the aptitude for doing it is crazy it's mm-hmm. just like you know you can have a band that's absolutely terrible but they can market themselves so well that we all know they, they bands, jump right? ahead right like they jump the queue it's insane Und- yeah. undeservedly yeah yeah so but i mean well that's the thing undeservedly if you're willing to put the work in you deserve you right, right but i mean music wise the music sucks, but and that's the, the thing the effort is, art yeah. is so subjective it is oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure that we might be so smitten on what we're doing but to other people it might be trash you know totally and that's the thing is and like to walk such a safe line in in a genre of like pop and in old rock yeah. oriented oriented, you know, it, it, you kind of feel like you're you're the Jerry Seinfeld in a world of Bill Hicks's. 
Right. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we can't all be, uh, what's what's a good well, example? Well, I mean, Seinfeld lived a lot longer than Hicks, though. Well, that's true. He's still going. I suppose, but... We can't. We we can't all be slow spirit. We can't all be yeah, that, like sure, sure. truly profound sure. out there avant garde band. And I'm so glad they exist. And I'm so glad that there are intellectual bands out there. Yeah. I like to have fun. <laughs> I like to jump around on stage, and I like to sing, sing happy tunes, sing sad tunes, but stuff that's more palatable. But there are those bands like Slow Spirit who are very intellectually sure. approaching the music, and I respect the hell out of it. But yeah, we're we're kind of more safe. Yeah. I guess. Well, that, and that's fine, right? I mean, there's a, like you said, it's so subjective that your safeness might appeal to someone way more than that kind of more abstract thing does. You know, so it's exactly. I, the listener. I think it's you always uh, envy and wish to be what. Is like opposite. Oh yeah, you. yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. Because you see it happening, you're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Because it's working for them or, or whatever. And it, or yeah. it's just so fascinating. Yeah. It's beyond my comprehension. For sure. Yeah. Anyways. But then if you tried it, it might just might fail <laughs> miserably, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and vice versa too, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. If you tried what you're doing, it might not. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I can't even read music. So. <laughs> right. 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 And yeah, I mean, and it's funny because you could someone could hear what you guys are doing and then think, oh, I wonder what, how to play this, and they, oh, can I get some sheet music for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't exist, but yeah, it's. it's and actually, that's yeah. one of the more fascinating things about like Logan is a, a classically trained a guitar player. Right. Glenn drums. Colton is very much a. I I don't know if he ever took lessons, but he's very intuitive musician. And to hear Ian say like he doesn't even read music, like the fact that he his bass lines are some of the most melodic. That I've heard, and I'm not even saying this because he's here to, <laughs> to, pat his, to pat him on the back, but I've had bass players tell me how great his approach right, is, right. and that might be the same thing where they're so steeped in technique yeah. and how to approach the bass that to just have that free form guttural instinct of how to approach the bass, they envy it. Yeah, and maybe vice versa. Well, and I, th- I think what you just said too, but some of the members have the classical training, some don't. I think that's always. My experience being in bands, I don't know went anywhere, so maybe it doesn't matter, but, but like, has always been that I was always the guy who didn't have the, any kind of training. I was just kind of making shit up as I went along, and the last band I was in, there's a three-piece, I was doing that, the other two guys were incredibly good at music, just mm-hmm. beyond good, and it worked way better than if we'd all been really good at music, because what I was doing didn't make sense from a technical perspective, <laughs> but it fit, because they had the chops to kind of allow that to happen, right? And so it lifts you. And right, 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 yeah, exactly. That. So it's like they're keeping things steady with actual technical things that work and they know they work whereas I'm just making some noise that sounds good to me and it meshes well. And I think that, that those are always the best bands. I think if you have a band where everyone is completely self-taught it sometimes doesn't work right because you need like an anchor there sort of keeping things together because they know how to make it work. Yeah. And then if everyone's too trained it doesn't work because it, it almost seems too formal and nothing... Nothing kind of jumps out of the box because everyone is at this level where this is how it's supposed to sound. Yeah. I think everything, it all comes back to, it's a Venn diagram or it's a main yeah. circle. So it's a Venn diagram, in my opinion, of the main part has to be heart. Yes. And you can have the technical, you can have the experience, you can have the industry know-how, you can have all this stuff, but they all need to circle around the heart. Yeah. And your passion for it. For sure. And there's all those bands that are super great and they write great music but they're just miserable. They don't get along and they're just doing it because they have a label now and yep. it'd be awful to break up because they're making money and there's all those different stories you hear but like those, I think so long as you have heart, you're never really a failure. You're, you never, you haven't failed 
at the end of the day. Because, you know, you could say that success is the end game, but success can be, you know, weighed in varying degrees. Right, what's success to you, right? What's success to me? So my success, I can say at the end of the day that we've made six albums. I can show, you know, maybe possibly my grandkids down the road. Here's what I've done. And that is my success. You know, there are the people that are on the road all the time and touring, and that's their passion. And if it works for them, that's great. But I like something that I can hold sure. and, and show, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess the good thing, too, is about having all this work out there. Like, even if years after the band is done, those albums are still floating around. Mm-hmm. And someone could pick one up, and they could not have any clue who you are, and just be like, oh, I love this. And, and it, could, it could inspire them to do something. Like, one of the things, and I know I've talked about this on the show before, so I'm sorry to people who listen to this a lot. <laughs> but, um, like, I, I have been, over the past few years, I mean, I've always done it, but it's been more extreme in the past few years, I've been hoarding local music. Like, anytime I find an album by a local band, CD, vinyl, tape, whatever, I usually buy it. And a lot of the, you get a lot of the stuff you can find at thrift stores, you can find dollar bins. And there's some stuff from, you know, I started going to shows, like, all-ages shows in, like, 95. And there's stuff from before that that I had never heard. I'd only heard of the bands. And I find it for, like, a buck fifty in someone's yard sale. Yeah, yeah. And I listen to it, and it's like, this is amazing. Like, if I had heard this then, maybe my trajectory of playing in bands would have completely changed. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that... I mean, it's kind of hard now because CDs are going, kind of getting pushed out, which sucks because again, I hoard. Yeah, <laughs> but but like old school now. <laughs> but, but but like the fact you know the fact that it's out there, someone like me could come around twenty years later and be in a Valley Village, and there's one of your albums. They have mm. no clue who you are. They look at it, it says it's a Winnipeg recording, Winnipeg. Cool, I want to check this out, and then it could do something. There could be a song on there that really clicks with them, and at that point, you have no idea because it's it's out of your hands, right? It's it's just it's out there, and whoever decides to. You know, glom onto it, glom onto it. I guess. Well, yeah. exactly, yeah. and and that's the thing, and and that is another form of success too. It's like if what you're doing, again, going back to the Venn diagram, if what you're doing is solely for monetary gain, that that is less than half of the picture. Because if you connect with somebody, if if somebody picks up your music and loves it, and might not promote you, might not get you that gig, or might not yeah. get you that, but if it is but personal it, to yeah. them. That is a success in and totally. of itself that money can't buy. Totally, yeah. And so, and you might not even know that success happened, well, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like to have that thought's great. And you know, going back to lyrics being the primary focus, I do, I do try to have that. They are very specifically personal songs, but I think the more personal you get, the more uh, kind of general of uh, cathartic feel if it's received can be sure if somebody listens to it and like responds to it and there's many songs on this that deal with you know i kind of went back to adolescent angst and and you know weird thoughts the, <coughs> the opening track is called ordinary life which kind of fits the theme of the band is ending and all the all the naysayers that were in my head or in my life have kind of like come back to be like you're, you're never gonna make it or this that and the other thing and now that it's over it's like all i have is an ordinary life Right. And it's kind of a sardonic uh, negative song in a way, but it is kind of playful and hopeful in a way too, where it's like, this is what I am. And yeah. and I think that could be cathartic to uh, to other people going through similar experiences. Cool. Well, and it's funny how you mentioned like how other people interpret the songs, because even I listened to one of the songs and I was like, is this what this is about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was like, well, that's not what I meant, but like... 
since it was so personal yeah. to me, it took on a new meaning to Blair as well. Okay, because okay. he's like, wow. Well, I guess it's just as once it's out of your hands too. I mean, it's any any interpretation of it is valid, right? Because well, it's, exactly, yeah. it's yeah. what it does to the listener, and it could be completely the opposite of what you intended. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, basically, all we do as artists, or even even to be more specific, lyricists, we basically just try to throw a dart on a blank wall yeah. and have the listener paint the arrow or the target. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna wrap this up here. Sure. Um, the show. Remind people where, when they can see the show and where they should be on the... All right, Ian, do your best announcer voice. Uh, November 2nd oh, and so 3rd. Good. <laughs> <laughs> at the Times Change. Okay. That's on Portage and Maine. It's, yeah, it's, it's okay. there. About it's there. on Maine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Maine. I think people, yeah, I think people probably people know. People will know. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, know. November 2nd and 3rd, Micah Ehrenberg on the... F- Friday, Liam Duncan Band on the Saturday, and it is also my birthday weekend, so let's have us some fun. Do you know cool. what time it starts? Uh, show starts at 10. 10. 10. Both, both nights? Both nights. Both nights no pre-sale tickets, so show up at the door, and hopefully one of the fine people will we'll let, let you in. in. Yeah, <laughs> cool, cool. And then if someone's hearing about you for the first time on this show, and uh, you know, it's probably the last time, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're ending, but what do they do if they want to hear more of the stuff? I mean, you have those six albums... Um, they're available on the internet. How does someone... Yeah. People of the future. Um, we have a band camp. Just Google Sebastian L. We have a band camp site. We have a few videos on uh, YouTube. And actually, I finally just learned how to make the picture video where it's yep. just the album art and then the, the track like behind There's things it. online just do it for you, eh? Oh, well, now I'm... <laughs> so you just... You just... I'll put the song in and give him the picture. And he was so it. proud of himself. I was so proud. But I'll, I'll do more of that. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully have more of our stuff on YouTube. So it'll be available for free. But if cool. you want to buy them, go to our band camp or come to our many yard sales in the future. Right, right. Okay, cool. And then, uh, yeah, I guess people should kind of just keep their ears open for anything you guys might be doing in the future. I mean, I know you said this sort of... Well, exactly. Yeah, yet, Logan McKillop's new right, album should be yeah, coming yeah, out, yeah, I think, yeah. in yeah. February. I, I don't want to quote, but early next year. So look for that. It, it's amazing. It really is. Cool, cool. You already heard it, I guess? I've been working on okay, it. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Cool, okay, and if people want to hear more episodes of this show, you can go to witchpolice.com. Uh, all 300 and whatever episodes are there, free download and streaming. Uh, so they're kind of there in perpetuity. So if someone finds us five years from now... They can dig back and hear you guys talking about the album. <laughs> You'll find me on the corner of a street with a can. Yeah, yeah. and a box of CDs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's a good place, Ed. Exactly. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Thank All you. Right, thank awesome. You. Travel off the destiny
Bye.